Hello, and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, November 14th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about how a great UX can sell a horrible pizza. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello. Hello. Man, this is one of those days. I know. It's a Friday, too. Yeah. It feels yeah, like I Monday. Sh- I know. I I started early this morning in the hopes of getting done early today. Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> I know. I can't get at anything I'm trying to do. Yeah. I think I'm just going to end up like working more today because I started early. <laughs> <laughs> If I had just waited and started at my normal time, then I would have got to six o'clock and been like, "Yeah, I don't can't get it all finished today." <laughs> but now it's like I started two hours early, but I can't really justify stopping at four. Yeah, it's like I, I for me it hasn't been work as much as just like random chaos around the house. Yeah, which started last night with Cooper. Cooper and I were playing Noodle Horn in the living room. What? What? Okay. Which what, is what's Noodle Horn? It's where he's got a, this big yellow pool noodle. Mm-hmm. and uh, he like, it's got a, it's like a straw. It's got like a. Yeah. It's got the hole in the middle. And yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Like a giant okay, twizzler. Horn. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's playing trumpet through it mm-hmm. and then he blasted it my ear and I played trumpet back at him and we try and like blow the other person off the other end <laughs> and uh, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Right. Right. So he's going bananas and he like whips it at me across the living room and it lands directly on my full glass of red wine, which uh, then proceeded to, it didn't break, but it did tip over perfectly and deposit probably four ounces of wine on my lap, (laughs) (laughs) which also went in the upholstered chair that I was sitting on and the white carpet. At least it wasn't the white sofa. It was not the white sofa. It was not the white sofa, but it did land on the, the white carpet. So, oh. so then Erica was like, I already had him up too late and we weren't supposed to be playing in the living room anyway. So she was like, <laughs> everybody out here, you know, she put salt all over <laughs> it. And, yeah. 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 See, I, I had an opposite problem once we have, we have sort of a wine colored carpet or we, we have it in the bedrooms. It used to be throughout the whole house, but now we, we have it in the bedrooms and oddly our master bathroom, which is a horrible place to have carpet, but. Yeah, we have this sort of wine-colored carpet, and we spilled liquid plumber on it once, and it bleached it white. <laughs> so it was sort of the opposite problem. And yeah. um, it's a stain-resistant carpet, so it was really hard to get it back to the proper color. But eventually, with enough red wine, I managed to do it. <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is I should pour liquid plumber on the carpet in the living room. Uh, liquid plumber on the carpet in the living room or red wine all over the entire carpet. Nice. And just change the color. That's a good thought. A sort of tea-soaked carpet. Yeah. That sounds that sounds inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> so and that was just the beginning. Like this morning, we were trying to figure out that WordPress admin thing, and like all of a yeah. sudden, I hear glass smashing in the room behind oh. me. And, <laughs> more more uh, pool noodle. Uh, it, I left a, a Pyrex measuring cup on top of the washing machine. Which was like, oh, I'll be mm-hmm. thoughtful and start the laundry. Smash. Oh. So, just one thing after another. One, one of those days. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I'm having my um. I turn off like I can completely shut off my furnace, 
And about 10 minutes later, it'll stop running. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having furnace issues again still. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been one of those days all around. It's like my first car. You couldn't shut that thing off. Yeah. You know, do that like weird dance at the end. Uh, anyway, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. Um, we do. Perhaps if I pull up my notes here, we can... Yeah, pull up yours because my screensaver just came on. So. Yep, that happens. Um, housekeeping. A couple of quick things. Uh, Castbacker is unfortunately still in signups mode, but we have made minor progress. <laughs> yes. This morning, uh, spun up a uh, an instance for it. So we're slow and steady, wins the race, right? But the, uh, the signups page is still up if people are into podcasts, and we know you are. Then mm-hmm. you can go to sign up at castbacker.com. And if you haven't already, put in your email address and we will let you know when we do eventually get the thing launched. Yeah. If I don't get to it today, which it's looking like I might not, then I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Cool. While, while Richard's at work and, and Kira's running around mm. neighbors and, and that kind of thing, I'll have some time tomorrow to just do it. Mm, cool. That'd be awesome. Uh, in other news, uh, last week I mentioned that I was thinking about doing a live redesign of my website, and now it's official. Yay! <laughs> I was I, I'm almost already regretting this, but <laughs> so every month I do a webinar for O'Reilly, free webinar, and this uh, this time around it's going to be on December 11th, and I am going to live stream me doing my site design from scratch. Is it going to be flatui colored? It so the, I don't know yet. So the the what I'm, I am going to do in preparation because everyone asked me like, oh, what do you you know like what what are you going to start with? So I'm yeah. going to start with the HTML is going to be the way I want it, and mm-hmm. the um, and I'm going to have things like color palettes picked out and designs and stuff. But I'm not going to do any CSS. So like I'm actually going right. to take the CSS off my site in advance. So it's just going to be plain HTML. And then I'm going to work on getting the HTML the way I want it. And I'm going to have like a, a, a message at the top that's like, this site is not broken. On December 12th, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to redesign it from scratch. Right. Um, Come watch. Yeah. And so it, the cool thing about taking the CSS off is it'll be, make it really easy to rearrange the HTML, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It does make it will make it easy. Yeah. So nothing will break. It'll just be like not super pretty. Yeah, and then you can pop over to Ice Cream and, and design a color palette. I might do that. So I'm going to have a webcam. There's some but, nice ones in there. So, yeah. yeah, there really are. It, it's pretty quick. Um, the funny thing with Ice Cream is that whenever I use a picture from outside, it's surprising how muted outside is. I know, I know, isn't it? It's all green and brown. <laughs> like, God, is that the best you could do? <laughs> I should probably take a picture of like a flower it patch or something. nature boring yeah. nature but yeah that's so that's the plan so uh if that sounds like fun to you uh and i, I think it might i think it's gonna be crazy yeah i want to um, watch that'll be december 11th it's kind it's i'm gonna have a public repo for it so you can see my commits you can see what order i do things there's no way i'll finish it in an hour but i'm gonna take the afternoon i i think i can actually get it to a decent stopping you know knowing me i can get it to a place where i'm happy with it within a few <laughs> hours because i don't really care um, but the, the thing that I'm going to be demonstrating to people is that it's really not that hard to, um, to do a mobile first design. It's really not that yeah, hard. It's really so, not. 
Right. So if you want to make a lot of ways, it's easier. Yeah. Right. Um, so they'll be able, you'll you'll be able to watch me like how I test, how I test on mobile first and, and all that stuff. So I think it'll be pretty useful to people and it'll probably be kind of funny too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not hard to do mobile first and you should send out invites to every rails rumble competitor other than us. I know. I'm going to actually talk about that as I lead into it. Like that was a big part of the inspiration for this. Um, so in the, in the progress of getting ready to do this, I have been updating the copy on my site. So if you haven't been to jonathanstark.com, I've got, uh, I mentioned a new training page last week, which has been updated and also a mentoring page now, um, where I, I, uh, help people learn how to kind of, you know, if you're a freelancer or a consultant or a small firm, um, I just give you, uh, help taking your business to the next level, primarily by ditching hourly billing. <laughs> so check out, uh, check that out and sign up for twelve uh, eleven. Well, I happen to know you do a good job with the mentoring thing because you've kind of been doing that to me since like 2010 and I know it's helped me a ton. So. Oh, cool. Well, that's good to know. Um, maybe I'll quote you on the site. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's actually fun. I used to do mentoring, and I I stopped because people weren't um, take my advice. Like, there's this funny thing about there's this funny thing about uh, just a quick aside. There's a funny thing about um, advice in general. Uh, one of the main things that I advise people to do is pigeonhole themselves. You need to in your marketing, mm-hmm. not necessarily in what you actually do, but in your marketing, you need to focus on one thing and be the go-to person for that in the whole world. Yeah. So um, people, and you've had the same problem. You, but I can do so much other stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I know you can. I know you can. But if you just sit, go up and you're like, oh, I'm a, you know, I can do everything. I front end and back end and Photoshop and and Redis. And, yeah. You, no one's gonna hire you. You know, you need to be able to say to someone, I started calling it the small talk marketing, mm-hmm. where I do this role playing thing where I'm like, pretend we met at a party and I say, oh, what do you do? You're not going to say like, you're not going to use, not you, but it, most people have this like long, vague tagline in the site, like, we develop simple solutions to complex problems to leverage business. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, just tell me what you do. Are you you're like a, a yeah, commercial and, and plumber? And or, you don't that doesn't have to even touch technology at all. Like you could have this one simple thing that you do that touches tons of different technologies, but mm-hmm. the technologies don't matter when you're telling people what you do. Right. So like and you've, it, I've, I've finally got mine narrowed down. I don't know if, if you saw it or not. Yeah, I have. It's good. Yeah. And I am working with someone right now on theirs and, and cause I, I by sort of by popular demand, people are asking me about how to do this. I, um, started doing it again with this guy who I've known for a long time. And he is, he's great because he's super um, articulate about how, so the things I would have him do, he's really um, good at articulating why they're so hard instead of most people in the past Mm. who just freak out. (laughs) And it made me better at communicating how to do it. So it's, it's, uh, it's been good for good, good in both directions. And since I'm redoing my site, I can take my own advice. It makes it a lot there easier for me to take my own advice. So anyway, sorry about the tangent. Well, that's, it's no, kind of fun. I think it's, a, I think it's a good tangent to have. Mm, Want to talk about bugs? We can talk about bugs. We got, a couple, we got three bugs this week. We have three? Because mm-hmm. I only know of the one because it, I don't 
remember reading the bug list. Uh-huh. So, well, do you want to start with yours? Uh, I can start with mine. Sure. Cool. Um, I have, we have sticky with sticky. We have our apps are deployed using Capistrano. And we also have uh, on the builder, we have several jobs running through, through sidekick. Which is a, and, like a queuing. Yeah. Sidekick. It's is a, our, um, our Redis backed queuing service. And usually when I read it, when I deploy with Sidekick or when I deploy, after I do deploy, usually I'll just, I'll go in and I'll restart, restart the Sidekick jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of, you know, make sure everything has a clean slate. Uh, yesterday I did not do that. And it turns out, <laughs> turns out you have to. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were just doing and, it to be nice. Well, well, I didn't do it because none of the worker, like none of the worker scripts had changed. Yeah, mm. I kind of, I kind of just done it before as like a precautionary thing, but um, none of the worker scripts, yeah, none of the worker scripts had changed, so I just, I didn't bother with it yesterday. But inside some of those those worker processes that we have that get ran through the job queue, uh, we are writing to temporary directories, mm. writing temp files, mm-hmm. and if you don't restart your sidekick jobs, those temp file, like the pointers to those directories, don't get updated to the new current temp directory. Mm. It points to the old release, <laughs> and the Rails app is yeah confused. Like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, a good one. To keep your to keep your sim links all happy if you're if you're accessing files on the file system through your Sidekick worker processes. Whenever you deploy with Capistrano, you need to restart said workers. Mm. Can you? Is that something you put in the cap file? Uh, you can. There is a gem. Uh, Capistrano sidekick gem to allow you to manage your your sidekick stuff mm-hmm. through uh, through your cap file. I don't because we're doing some additional monitoring type stuff, so I just I go in and and do it that way. That's true. But there are gems for it. Cool. Well, there you go. Um, what do I have? I had a, a funny one. Remember the um, SMS smoking cessation system mm-hmm. I was building. Mm-hmm. So that's been very, um, that's been sort of lumbering along because the client and, you know, I've really been doing nothing on it for a long time. But finally, the um, the planets aligned and I was able to uh, help them with some user testing. Mm-hmm. And a bug came up that, a few bugs came up that were mostly logic errors in the database that, you know, the, the different records point from one to another. And there was some stuff in there that was pretty easy. There's this one bug that was just really, you, you know, when you're like staring at the, the, the line that is causing the problem and you're like, this line is perfect. I cannot <laughs> yes. figure out what's wrong with it. I'm just staring. It's yes. like one line, how, a short one too. So yeah, I had, I had a, a moment like that yesterday, but it turned out not to be an actual bug. It was just me being stupid. So we didn't <laughs> go into it. I suppose this is kind of me being stupid too. Like, <laughs> but the, I'm looking at it and what it does is you remember, um, we've talked many times about, um, the fact that for each, you know, the system sends out messages to people's phone and, you know, SMS messages. And then, and some of the messages ask them questions and they respond. Mm-hmm. And then that response is saved in the database. And then later, depending on what answers we have saved for them in the past, we may or may not show certain messages. So it's kind of like a write your own adventure book where you <laughs> right. choose go, your own adventure. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and so what I so the logic in the, in those things basically is like if field equals yes then go to this 
record. If field equals no, then go to that record. And if that hasn't been answered yet, then by default, just go over here. Right. And the just go over here is a single word. It's like a, a, a code that we use for um, like a human readable code, which is basically a primary key um, mm -hmm. or an alternate primary key. But it's it's a unique value that's human readable that allowed the person who was writing these messages to like not lose her mind. Right. So she could just give it a code and not have to remember the numerical ID. Exactly. So human, human readable weeds. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, so if, if I ever find a line in this little logic step, that's just got that one word, it doesn't say if this, then that it's just this one string of characters. Yeah. Then I know that I've reached the default value for the logic step. And I can say, okay, if this line just has one word, then just go to that. Just send that message. Right. And so I'm looking at this line. I'm like, it, it's, that's where it's failing. It's like, if this uh, string is just one word, it's like I using a PHP function called like word count. And uh, it's like, if, if word count is one, then you're done like bomb out of this loop and just send that message and it wasn't bombing out it was going in it was trying to parse it as an if statement so it took me a good 15 minutes to, to realize that the problem was that the code this particular code was something like prep to be the number two in the middle no spaces mm -hmm. but the no but having a number in the middle of a word counts it as two words ah uh, it's not splitting at the at spaces it's it was it, well, because yeah, because yeah. words don't have numbers in them. Words don't have numbers, right? Interesting. So the so I it was doing what it was supposed to do, but I was like, <laughs> okay, I yeah. I picked the wrong PHP function, so I just switched it to like if there are, you know if this trimmed value has no spaces, then you're right. done. So me me not knowing a function in PHP, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Well, I probably would have I probably would have been caught by the same thing too because you would think I would expect it to consider a word to be characters delineated by a space. Right. And the thing is m almost all of the codes don't have a number in the middle. Yeah. So it only came up very it was very rare. So anyway, it was really fun though. We had like four people sitting around a table and they're all, you know, texting the system and like They'd all be like, okay, we're all stuck. And I'd change something in the database and then all their phones would go bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, okay, so that was a stupid little bug. And then the, the other bug, it's not really a bug, but it's something I wanted to like call people's attention to is that um, I added a, a back to top button to uh, sort of a mobile web app for Sticky. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, I don't want it to, sh you know, I, I just sort of pinned it to the bottom right corner of the page so that once you start scrolling, then this little bug shows up in the bottom right. And you're like, no matter how far down the page you are, you can tap on that and it goes back to the top. And then when you, it, it checks on scroll, uh, if you're at the top, then it fades it out. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a back to top button when you're already at the top. So this is really easy to do um, with CSS and a teeny bit of J, jQuery JavaScript, wicked easy. Um, but and it, I tested on the desktop first and it worked fine. You know, and it, like I, I do all my development like in a very skinny Chrome window on the desktop. Right. And I tested it on the phone and when you scroll down to the bottom and you tap on it, it, you zoom up to the top and it wouldn't disappear when you got to the top. 
And uh, if, you know, for like 10 seconds, I was like, the JavaScript's breaking for some reason over here. Like why maybe the window scroll is measured differently on mobile. And then I realized what it was, which was that on mobile, um, the hovers, you know, it's a, it's just an internal link. It's just a hashtag, you know, href equals hash. Right. So it just pops you up to the top of the window instantly. But when you use internal links inside of an HTML page on mobile, at least on the iPhone and Android, uh, it doesn't unhover. So I had hover styles ah. on the button. So the, so the, the default style for it was opacity zero. And mm-hmm. then if I scrolled down the page, then the opacity would go to 0.3. And then if, if you hovered over it on the desktop, it would go to one. So on the phone, when I tapped on it, that and it would release go to one and it would stay there. You go to one, it would just stay there. So yet again, so get up to the top. What do you do? Just blur. Um, I made the hover styles no touch only. Ah, that's that's probably the better way to do it anyway. But. Uh, it's the non JavaScript way. Yeah, the non JavaScript way. So yeah, so it's the, this is actually my the most perfect example I've seen of the problems that you can get from hover states on mm-hmm. touch devices. It's like, it looks like it's completely broken because yeah, of the hover had, sticks. We ran into a lot of those on, on time when I got the initial run through of CSS and what have you. Yeah. Brad goes nuts with his hover styles. Yeah. And, and it was just like, it was, wasn't working on mobile. Yeah. If you're trying to make a nice, touch interface you gotta you cannot use hover colon hover is a nightmare you just gotta wrap it it was great on the desktop oh yeah yeah you gotta have them yeah but uh it's just a nightmare and normally you never notice it because when you tap on a link it's navigating to another page and of course Mm -hmm. the hover breaks then because you're refreshing the page but right but if you're doing something with menus or what have you mm -hmm. yeah any internal stuff on a given page it's really hard to clear out that it's a pain to clear that. Yeah, I think I replaced it with Fast Active. Yeah, I mean, it's that solves the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, if memory uh, serves. So there you go. Yeah, I'm still using Fast Active. It's pretty. It's not failed me. Nope. Um. Cool. So shall we jump into the feature? Jump into the feature. Well, I was super excited yesterday because um, Pebble announced a bunch of updates to their developer uh, portal. They did, and I've not had a chance to look into them much yet, but I saw there were a bunch of announcements come through. Mm -hmm. Yep. um, The updates are pretty impressive. They do work on all different devices. It's not my favorite kind of... It's kind of MailChimp-y if you've used the MailChimp UI. Yeah. it's pretty cool though. I, I, yeah, I had, it works everywhere. I, I, I took a quick look at the layout and I was like, yeah, it's okay. But, <laughs> and I, I didn't get much further than that. Yeah. It works without JavaScript. I tried it. So that made me happy. Uh, but, um, so that was just one big thing. So their developer experience is already great. I think it's a little bit nicer now. They also updated the cloud IDE. They increased the, capabilities of code com- of yeah code completion and that sort of stuff in their cloud IDE which is really impressive. Nice, yeah. Very cool. And they also released a beta version of the Android Pebble app 
which gives you different capabilities uh, as a developer, which is really nice. So lots of cool things there. But while I was going in there testing out the new Pebble for Android app itself, I went into the Pebble App Store and lo and behold, Domino's released Pizza Tracker for Pebble. <laughs> nice. And I was like, yes, that's so cool. <laughs> GPS for your pizza on your wrist. Oh, it's so cool. I mean, this is a meaningful thing to me. Yes. It's not just like, oh, I like, you know, I like watches. You know, I just think it's cool that a company like Domino's is taking a major interest in something like Pebble. Like, that's cool. That is cool. But as a parent who orders a lot of Domino's pizza, or orders a lot of pizza, <laughs> I'm like, this kills. Because when... Because first of all, if you have Domino's pizza is really bad. It's, yeah, it's not horrible, but it's pretty bad. The sauce is pretty awful. Yeah, we so Erica has figured out that if you get they have a thin crust pizza, and if you get double sauce, she didn't. We don't mind the sauce, but she, she gets like she has this special configuration of pizza that we find edible. Mm -hmm. And Cooper loves these like bread nugget things that they have, which I'm sure are horrible for him. But uh, whenever, whenever Erica's like, oh, I got to go out and do some shopping for tomorrow and I'm home with the kids, Cooper's always like, first thing he says, can we order Domino's? <laughs> and I'm happy to do it because even though we are like one mile from an, um, like an amazing pizza place that's literally called the Pizza Gourmet because they have gourmet pizza. Yeah. Every time I call them, the Pizza Gourmet, every time I call them, I have to tell them my phone number i have to i mean i have to yeah i have to tell them my phone number my address and my credit card number like read the whole thing every single time every single time we order the same thing every time i call from the same phone number every single time and it drives me crazy yeah. they they have no database no database of it no online ordering no it's a mom and pop pizza yeah. place and they make the best pizza in town but i cannot stand the ordering experience so all so 75% of the time when we order pizza, maybe more like 85, we order mm -hmm. crappier pizza because I can pull out my phone, launch the app, tap on my previous order, and hit pay. It's it's like Amazon for pizza. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, and I now I can watch on my phone. My phone will, every time the... it. If you've never seen a pizza tracker, it's like a barber pole of like progress steps that your pizza <laughs> is going it is. through. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and they have like different themes for it. The kids love it, uh, and it's on the desktop and it's on your phone. But now that it's on my mm -hmm. wrist, it just it just updates me. I just look and like it buzzes, and I'm like, oh, the pizza's at the last stage, which means the car's going to be here any second. So I hang around by the front door so he doesn't knock on the door and and have like the dogs go. Yeah, yeah, double dog barkathon. Yeah, we do, we we do that too. Trying to avoid the double dog barkathon is um, it's like I like that with UPS. Like UPS will tell me it's like oh we're delivering a package between these hours, and it doesn't get that specific, mm -hmm. but still it's nice to know like oh sometime between nine forty five and eleven fifteen I'm going to get this package. Mm. Yeah, it's great. So like we for us we could that means we could put the dogs in the basement or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, but the the big story here, there's really not much to talk about here, except I guess there are two things that I think are uh, important. One is that, like I already said, it's pretty amazing to me that Domino's is so f sort of future friendly. They're so forward thinking. Yeah. And perhaps they should 
put some of that technology into making their pizza a little bit better. But, <laughs> but the second point is that even though I have a dozen other options of pizza delivery that are better in yeah. terms of the product, their user experience is so amazingly head and shoulders above anybody else. This makes I, it so much easier. Yeah, that I use them the majority yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> they won't deliver. They won't deliver to our house. Oh, because we are because we are out of town. Mm-hmm. Even though we are maybe two miles from them, mm-hmm. and they will deliver all the way to the other end of town because it's in town. That's yeah. it. It makes no sense. Uh, we're we're a lot closer than the other end of town, but mm. since we're outside the city limits, they will not deliver to us. They used to. You could try the whole. You it's too bad because you'd have you've got the pebble. You could try the whole thing. I know. I know. I could I could just be like, um, I'll meet you at Kroger, but <laughs> then if I'm going to do that, I might as well go the other. Might as well just get food. 500 yards and yeah, or yeah, yeah, like I just go in the grocery store and buy food. Yeah, the idea of there's, waiting there's a, at a Kroger for a pizza from Domino's is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, um, like I, I well, Richard, Richard orders from there sometimes when he's down at the computer store. Um, and he he said, yeah, the the their ordering experience is kind of cool. It's it's so great, and, and the yeah. the thing is, like, even though even though I'm saying it's great, like the website is really confusing, and they try to upsell you like crazy, and you kind of mm-hmm. have to learn it. It could be a lot better, which is shocking. Like, it still could be a lot better, but by far they are completely nailing it. And there's some other. I think I think a lot of retailers could learn from this, especially food places. Obviously, anybody that does delivery. But like, yeah, having that pizza tracker is the the killer feature. And so the funny thing about the pizza tracker is that it's not GPS. No, no, it's like your pizza's going in the oven. Right. Oh, we just took your pizza out of the oven. Yeah, your pizza's in the car for delivery. Yeah, Bob's working on your pizza. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like the the thing that the the thing is with Domino's, they have everything timed so amazingly that they can just they don't need to know where the car is because they know how long right. everything takes. And I don't really need to know where the car is. It's not like, right. it's not like I need that. I just need to know when it's about to arrive. It's like, oh, oh, it's turning down the road, down our road. <laughs> yeah, like Uber it's for pizza. Feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Uber's another one. The experience of yeah. everybody, everybody knows Uber is dominating. Yeah, but it's another service I wish we had here. Oh my god, it's so good. It changes the way I. It changes my whole way I move around the city. Like I go so many different places now. It, can you it just like you just you just like I pull out my phone, I press one button, and I I put my coat on and I go out front and the car's there and I climb in the car. Nice. The guy doesn't have to ask. You know they say hi or whatever, but while I'm there, I type in my destination. It shows up on his phone. He starts driving. I get there. He says thanks. I get out. Done. The payment is automatic. There's no tipping allowed done i get a text message maybe 15 minutes later about like do you want to rate your ride and you'd give them five yeah. stars or whatever it's it when you compare that like pound for pound with any other kind Even of transportation and it's cheaper than a taxi oh wow yeah uh, it's, it's un unbelievable it's unbelievable like this is like it's funny to see see uber is a new company though domino's is not a new company 
Right. So that you, to you me, would expect the the more early adoption technology stuff from Uber. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Because they already knew what they were going to do. They're building yeah. stuff from scratch. But yeah. like Domino's, like I've worked with Para and like other big companies, and you, I'm shocked by how out of date things can be and how hard mm-hmm. it is to get anything done and like the interplay between different departments that don't really want to work with each other because they're incentivized to fight. So <laughs> it's like a staples. There's, a, there's tons of them. And you just stand in there and you're like, well, it's so obvious what you need to do. So obvious what you need to mm-hmm. do. The, and the, the trick as a consultant the trick is, or if you're, if you work at a company like this, the trick is convincing people to do it. It's right, not, exactly. it's yeah. not the technology. No, it's the, it's the sales pitch to the people that make the decisions with the money. Hmm. Oh, so side story. So just, I went to a conference last okay. week, went to a conference, in or- yeah, the, uh, BDConf in Orlando, um, which by the way, I need to mention something. Um, dear listener, just, ran into dear listener, Eric Runyon, I think is how you say his last name. Yes. I meant to, I meant to give him a shout out on last week's show, but it was great speaking with you in person, Eric. Um, but he said he, felt, he said he felt like he was listening to one half of a niche podcast with slides. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll have to start taking a cardboard, cardboard cut out of me with you. That would be a cool idea. <laughs> If you could put like an iPad on the face and do like a hangout. No, just a speaker. <laughs> I could just go, uh-huh, every now and then. <laughs> yeah, when, like trying to get a word in edgewise yeah, like, between yeah. the steamroller. Yeah. It's like, man, even when you did the J-Bot and K-Bot episode, all I said was my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Um. Oh, so, okay. But so I'm at BDConf and I talked to um, a retailer who shall remain nameless, but UX people from a big retailer and they, you know, like this is like the lead of mobile user experience. And one of the things he wanted me to take a look at was a, essentially a sales video that he was going to use internally to convince other people in the company that responsive web design was a good idea. <laughs> That's horrible to have to do that. Yeah, it was like a three, it was a great video. It was like a three minute pitch video of like why responsive matters. And it's, it's, that's what it's like out there. Yeah. That's what it's like in corporate America right now, where people have to like convince, you know, parent company that you shouldn't have an MDOM website because it's um, a lot of work. And it's bad for customers and SEO and sharing and everything else. Yeah. So just like bad I was, user I was working on a working on a project once for a for a big company, which I will I will not name. But um like the whole thing we knew from knew from the start going into it, we we're gonna do gonna do responsive design. And they were like, Yeah, okay, we're on board with that. But then every single time it's like, could we just get a screenshot of what it's gonna look like on the desktop? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Can you just send us a PDF of the desktop version so we can sign off on it? <laughs> I mean, Josh Clark, who you know we both work closely with on large responsive redesigns, mm-hmm. has basically moved to the position that uh, it depends on the client. It depends on the client for sure, and like how close your relationship with, with them is, and how skeptical they are of the process, and all that. But 
he's essentially moved from what we did on Entertainment Weekly, where we showed the user mobile first stuff. We let them go into Pattern Lab and see how things were coming together. And, you know, there'd be, mm-hmm. it was like spaghetti frames, if you will. And he basically doesn't do that anymore. Like he, he still, oh, really? he, yeah, he's like, you still have to do all that stuff behind the scenes. Like you still have to do that. You still need to design it that way. But then when it comes time for a review, just, you know, take a screenshot of it at desktop width and have that conversation with the client. And then when they start asking about mobile later, you'd be like, oh, here's how it looks in mobile. So even though you're building it mobile first, they're reviewing yeah. it desktop first. Yeah. Because we kept trying to review mobile first with them. And it's like, we just want to see a screenshot of what it's going to look like so we can sign off on. Yeah. That's And that's the funny thing is that that when we were, at least with, with um, Entertainment Weekly and TechCrunch, Every in the weekly meetings, we weren't looking for sign off, but that's what they right. want to give you. Like they they feel right. like they're looking at it, and if they don't say that's horrible, then they've tacitly approved that that's what you're going to go forward with. But really, all we wanted to know was if they like, are we on the right track? Is yeah, this exactly? Do you hate right. this, and we can yeah. change it? They're like, no, we don't hate anything. You know, it, there's nothing about this that we don't like. Then okay, it's not sign off. It's not that doesn't mean that these things will never change again. It just means right. that we can continue in the direction we're going. Right, right. Like it's weird because they get, you get pulled in to do a responsive thing, but they don't care about mobile. Right. And it's like m- mobile is like the, uh, the statistic I read the other day was that right now there are like two billion mobile phones and smartphones, smartphones mm-hmm. in use. There are approximately 1 billion desktop computers in use. Okay, so it's already double. And by 2020, it's estimated that it will be 4 billion smartphones in use. Is that, is that counting other mobile devices like tablets? Or uh, just I don't phones? believe so. I think it's just phones. Oh, wow. I think it's stuff with SIM cards, so maybe it could include tablets. But I think, it, I think it's yeah. phones and phablets. Yeah, and that, that's going to be a lot. There's going to be a, a large section segment of tablets that aren't included in that because a lot of people, a lot of people don't do data plans for tablets. Exactly. So, but I, I think it's so. But here's the thing: it doesn't matter. Like, it could maybe. But the point it just, is, it's a ton of mobile the devices. The point is, it's a yeah, it's like a pile. Like, desktops over. It's over. It's over the way, and yes, desktops will be around for another 25 years, maybe more, and so is radio, but radio's over, like, in terms of growth. Yeah. You know, radio's turned into a, a stable thing that is a channel that you'll advertise over or whatever, but it's not growing. Radio is like a commodity. Right. And, like, newspapers are over, but they're still around. Mm-hmm. When I say they're over, it doesn't mean they're going to disappear, evaporate, you know? But like, means there's no more growth. Right. And it's like, if your business isn't mobile friendly, you're dead. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of businesses are going to keep using desktops. Developers are going to want to keep using desktops or, or laptops or whatever. Until the programming paradigm changes, which could happen. Which could happen. But I mean. I don't see that happening Like I heard someone, someone commenting the other day about, it's like, why would you want a laptop when you can do the same thing on a tablet? And I'm sitting here going, you can't do anywhere near the same things. But then I realized that, like, for most people, yeah, you can. <laughs> sure. Most people can't type, so they don't feel like they're held back by the keyboard. They don't care that it's hard to copy-paste between windows. 
They don't care. Like somebody who hunt and pecks yeah. can go just as fast on a tablet, if not faster than faster. they can on a regular computer. But if you can type, forget about it. You can't get yeah. anything done on a tablet. No. The phones with swipe typing and voice typing, you can do pretty, you can do decent, but not code. Anyway, so my my point is, I guess the big point for this episode is like is like whether you know whether if you work at a uh, a big company or a small company or you're consulting or uh, freelancing or whatever, like it's just a couple of good um, examples of great user experience, great cross device user experience that is, in, at least in the case of Domino's, is making essentially a substandard product f- sell. You know, it's like a major differentiator. Not, it's yeah. not a tiny thing. Yeah, because it's just it's easier. Yeah, like the convenience the is through so the roof. Better. Yeah, the convenience and the control, and it's just, they're putting so much power in the the eater's hands. <laughs> you know, the pizza user. <laughs> the pizza user. <laughs> so, um, all right. I love to beat a dead horse, but I think we're good there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shall we stick a fork in it? Move on to the rest of our cataclysmic day? Ugh, yes. <laughs> Do we have to? Can we yeah. just ramble for... That would be fun. Yeah. But that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.